Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm g- gathered here today with a very special guest, a very special friend of mine. Uh, it sounds like you got something going on with your mic. Are you, you already over there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, all right. I just want to make sure you're good. So we are here today with Keanu Anderson. She is the host of the podcast, Eat, Sleep, and Don't Die. It's great to have you. Thanks for coming on the show and being able to talk with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So um, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. Uh, so my podcast is about true crime and paranormal stories. So pretty much anything that's related under crime. Um, so I'll be covering like murders, serial killers, mobsters, mm-hmm. kind of all those things. And then your run-of-the-mill paranormal stories. Okay. Uh, and yeah. and you, uh, did you say these are true stories or they're, they're kind of fake or are they a little bit in between? Um, so they're mostly true stories. I did cover in episode two, mm-hmm. kind of like a, a legend of a story that a lot of people say happened, but nobody yeah. really knows. Oh, okay. So there's also just kind of like a mystical mm-hmm. aspect to things. Okay. And that's, that's pretty interesting because, you know, I feel like not a lot of podcasts have that kind of thing. Like it's kind of just like, you know, let's talk about the news. Let's talk about sports, but you know, never nothing about like paranormal things. You yeah. Know, that's pretty interesting. Um, what, um, made you want to do that? Like what, what kind of like, what was your desire to start a podcast like that? So I've actually been listening to podcasts for like six years or so. Mm-hmm. And it's always been something that I was like, oh, if I knew how to do that, I want to do one. I want to start a podcast. Yeah. So I kind of just thought about like real deeply what kind of gets me going. What can I talk mm-hmm. about? that I'm very passionate about Mm -hmm. and history is a big thing, but I kind of feel like history can get very boring, but a lot of people love crime and paranormal stories. So I was like, Mm -hmm. well, I can just marry the two and do a podcast (laughs) where I tell stories (laughs) of both. I know. I definitely feel that because a lot of what I do is also, you know, it's self-help mixed with, you know, obviously with depression and suicidal ideation, things like that, which is mainly what I do. But, yeah. you know, also with uh, like relationships and friendships and, and work related issues. So it's kind of just like all life stuff. So I get it. You kind of blend the two together and kind of just yeah. go with it from there. So it makes total sense. Yep. So you just kind of get things that link together and you can make an episode. Yeah. Of it's and like, you just run with it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a beautiful thing. It's like, oh, this is great. Now I can do this forever. And now I know how to work it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so do you do stories that, like, when you do your, your podcast, are they edited? Do, do you do them edited or do you just kind of do it? Because I do mine free. So whatever we talk about now is just going to be straight through. You know, I, like, there's no editing involved. So is that, yeah. is that how you do it? I try my best to do it straight through. Mm-hmm. I do edit, like, per story. So I'll record one story and then I'll stop it. Mm-hmm. listen to it and make sure it sounds okay mm-hmm. and then I'll go on and record the next story so I don't I try not to chop it up because right, I right. know uh without proper editing software I can't mm-hmm. get those transitions to be smooth right yeah of course so I do kind of do what you do but mm-hmm. I do have to crop like the beginning and the end of I, most of my segments I do feel a lot of um like especially for things like you was like with storytelling I feel like a lot of it does have to be edited yeah. You know, with me, it's more organic. It's more like natural from the heart, from the brain, you know, straight yeah. to the mouth and so it, you know, to the audience. Yep. So and then I also sense. have background noise. So sometimes I'll get 
into like what should be a 15 minute segment and I'll be about 10 minutes in Mm -hmm. and my neighbor slams the door. Well, now I've got to chop that, cut out where they slam the door and then Mm. start over again. So (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like a little pain there, but yeah, sometimes I have to edit it, but I try my best not to, I try to just kind of go with it. And I think, uh, as people listen to the podcast, they'll hear that I make some mistakes and I just kind of keep going because yeah, everybody makes mistakes. So, right. Well, it definitely sounds interesting. I actually haven't had the chance to listen to any of my, of your episodes myself. I've been just super busy, yeah. uh, but I will definitely plan on listening to one of them soon. Um, and for the people out there who are listening to this, you know, go check her out. Sounds interesting. I'm actually intrigued myself. I do like a nice scary story every now and then, especially during the season. Cause it, you know, Halloween's right around the corner. Oh yeah. So it and works I've out got... perfectly. I've got some good Halloween stories coming up for October's episodes. So yeah, you guys guys check that out. Check it out. (laughs) Eat, sleep and don't die. Keanu Anderson. Thanks again for coming on the show. Um, I also, uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us like, you know, what what you're doing for work and where you're living or whatever you want to add. Yeah. So I am originally from New Jersey and Mm -hmm. we went to high school together. Yeah. Yeah. We had a whole high Um, school buddies. Yep. And uh, about, Four years ago, I moved from New Jersey out to Minnesota to be closer to my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just been living the dream out here. <laughs> um, I started working at a mental health nursing facility mm-hmm. in downtown Minneapolis. Okay. Um, and so I was a receptionist there, but I had very like one-on-one interactions Interactions. with all of the residents that live there Nice, very cool and about a year ago I felt that I wasn't doing my job the way that it was intended to be Mm -hmm. I kind of felt myself being more like frustrated with the residents when they were having a bad day and it I felt like that wasn't fair to them so I decided I'm going to start looking for other employment because you know I don't want them to remember me as someone who used to be nice and is now mean. So I just decided I'm going to get a new job. So now I'm working at the post office in a vehicle maintenance facility. And that's, that's working out great. I love it there. It's less stress. Yeah. Yeah. I come home and I don't have to think about work. Right. That's the That's the best part about it. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel that. I totally, I totally understand. Yep. So that's kind of where I'm at. Where did you, uh, where'd you go to college? I went to two years at Kane University. I did not finish, Mm -hmm. but I was studying um, for history. Okay. So you kind of didn't really know what you wanted to do. Is that right? Kind of, yeah. Mm -hmm. I I was kind of going for like history and education, and Mm -hmm. my goal was to get my master's degree in Holocaust and Genocide Studies. Oh, wow. Very interesting. And then I wanted to hopefully get a position down at the Holocaust Museum in D.C. That was like my dream. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I've kind of put that on the back burner. I do want to go back to college, though. It's just hasn't been the right time or, you know, money hasn't been right. So All right, yeah, that's but it, is, it is in the plan. So hopefully soon. And what, what made you have a, this, this burning passion to want to be, you know, into like the Holocaust and working at the, the museum? I don't know. I think it's just my love for history. And European history has always intrigued me because there's such a wealth of knowledge of European history, Mm -hmm. whereas like it may not be as long as history in Africa, but there's not as much written down about the history of Africa as there is 
the history of European countries and even Asian countries. Mm -hmm. So I've always been intrigued by that. In high school, I took AP history courses and I tried to like pack my head with a bunch of history knowledge. And that's always been a huge passion of mine. Um, And so when I saw that I could do Holocaust and genocide studies in college after Mm -hmm. taking facing history in ourselves in high school, um, it just that I was like, that's what I want to do. That's, that's where I want to be. So. So you, you basically found your passion and your, in your love, but you just haven't been able to go out and do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's great that you actually have a passion. I mean, I'm always preaching that. Yeah. I've always like, you know, if you have a purpose or if you don't know what your purpose is, find something that you truly love and just kind of go for it. You know, figure out if there's something that you can do for, you know, for a job, look, you know, do your research to try and just be able to, get your mind right, be able to stay on that positive mindset and just have a, a purpose to live, you know, and a purpose to, to find your way. Yeah. I so agree. It's great that you have, you know, you have something that you love and, you know, just because you can't do it right now, or you're not doing it right now. doesn't mean, you know, five or 10 or even less years from now that you can, you know, eventually you'll end up going to do that. Yeah. So and awesome. I think, I think definitely like being able to do my podcast and research behind the stories mm-hmm. also helps fuel my passion because it's helping me to to kind of have that outlet of something that I love. Right. It's kind of goes hand in hand with you, what you love and versus also doing something like on the side that you love to do. Yeah. And that's exactly. all. That's fantastic. That's really great. I'm actually really happy that you started to do a podcast for yourself. Yeah. Thank and you. also, you know, cause it's something that you love to do and it's something that you're interested in. Yeah. You know, as so much as like I do with here, you know, so mm-hmm. being, I always want, when I, I tell everyone all the time, I said, I always wanted to be a sports psychologist. Because I mix my blend of here we go blending things again, yeah. you know it's the love of sports that I've had, and then uh, you know obviously helping people and you know studying how the brain works and how human behavior works, and then you know just being able to combine the two and you know go for that. But you know, school is school, and grades will be grades, and you know we can't get accepted everywhere. Yeah, exactly, and yeah, I totally agree with like find your passion and then find a way that you can integrate it so that you can do it every day or at least every week. Yeah. Know? Yeah. At least once, at least once, like yeah. once a week. That's my thing. You know, if you're going to do it, if you're not going to do it once a day or if you're not going to do it every day, try and do it once a week. If you can't yep. figure it out, take some time out of your day. I know everybody's busy. We all have nine to fives. You know, we all, we do, we have a busy life. You know, we have families and whatnot, but it's important to figure out what it is and that we really truly love and just go out there and do it. Even if it's for like an hour a day. You know, yep. say you like reading books, you love reading books, go do that. You know, I'm, that's the things that I'm always preaching. So it's good to hear that you have a good yeah. head on your shoulders and that you are doing the things that you love and, you know, you won't stop doing that. Yep. So that's great. That's really great. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so is there anything, any kind of stories you wanted to share I mean, in terms of uh, like, you know, like depression, sadness or you know, with you or a loved one or anything? Yeah. So I actually... Um... I was looking over your book again today Mm -hmm. and I was reading through the chapter where you talk about um, your parents' divorce and how your mom talked to you and your brother about it and stuff. And it kind of brought brought me back to my own parents' divorce, Mm -hmm. which similarly, they divorced when I was about 13 years old. Oh, okay. So you're a little bit younger, uh, a little bit older than I was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of hard for me to comprehend. My brother was already out of the house. He's five years older than me. So he was already away at college. And so it was just me and my parents. And Mm -hmm. I just remember one night there was a really bad argument between them. Mm -hmm. And 
I remember like grabbing the phone and calling my grandma because I didn't even want to be there anymore because they right. were just arguing so bad. And, mm-hmm. and then shortly after that, maybe a few weeks later, they decided to separate and, and pursue a divorce and stuff. And after that, I kind of, I felt a little depressed because then my mom has struggled with bipolar and depression her whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, so when this happened, she kind of shut down and she disappeared for about six months. She mm-hmm. kind of just up and left. And we found out she went down to Florida and lived with her dad for a while. Oh, wow. And it was a time where as a young lady, I felt mm-hmm. I really needed her and right, she wasn't absolutely. there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to rely on my dad a lot. Mm-hmm. And it was going through the changes as a, a young woman you know, and my dad hasn't had to deal with that. He had a son first, you know, and I'm the only girl. So it was hard for me. And I kind of went through my own depressive uh, stage Mm -hmm. where I kind of regressed. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I wanted to sleep all day. I didn't want to do anything. (laughs) We all, I know the feeling. Yep. My grades started slipping. I understand the feeling too. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just, one day, you know, my mom came back and we tried to rekindle our, our relationship. And thankfully it took like two years, but thankfully we got back on track. Now we're inseparable. We talk every day, yeah. love her to death. Couldn't yeah. imagine her ever leaving again. Right, right. Um, but the way I kind of got myself through that was I surrounded myself with friends and family that were supportive and yeah. wanted to make sure that I was getting out and doing things and not just kind of drowning in my own sorrows of my mom leaving you know yeah, yeah of course yeah because then you dwell on it more than the more depressed you get yeah, yeah. and then I, I don't know I kind of just got through that and I've I've been through struggles since uh mm-hmm. I had a really bad breakup in college with a boyfriend that I was with for four and a half years mm-hmm. um and I may not have handled that situation as as well mm-hmm. um but I kind of uh, like cried about it for about a week, and yeah, I absolutely. was like, you know what? Forget this. I'm I'm over it. You know, right. if it wasn't mm-hmm. meant for me, mm-hmm. God didn't want him in my life anymore. Right. So right. I'm moving on. Mm-hmm. You know, so I kind of went through a year of finding myself, and I went on my own religious journey to find mm-hmm. uh find myself and find God and and be happy. And I finally wow. found that. Wow. That's so, really impressive. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of where I'm at. That's incredible. Honestly, I, my hat's off to you for taking the time, especially, you know, especially when you're in a long relationship like that and, you know, you break up. I know how hard it can, it can really hurt somebody. Yeah. And for you to have the wherewithal to just be like, you know, I'm, I'm going to do what's best for me. I'm going to put my best foot forward for myself. Even if, you know, it meant like stepping on toes that you didn't, you know, you just went and did it yourself and you, you yeah. went and did, you did it the right way too. Yeah. Especially going to, you know, trying to find God and trying to come to, you know, peace with that and everything is just, that's really incredible. Yeah. And it's great to hear your story because again, this is what I'm here for. This is what my podcast is all about is sharing stories and not only just sharing stories, but you know, if you're not going to share it with, with yourself, you're not going to share it with others, you know, at least tell yourself that you have your own story. Sure that you mm-hmm. can be proud of. And I feel like even though this may be the first time you've actually put it into the public, your own story, you know, yeah. you, you were able to, to find it within yourself and be like, Oh, like 
I had my own story and this is how I did it. And now I'm, now I have a great life. You're, you know, like you said before, you're really happy. You know, you have your husband, you're living in Minnesota. It's awesome. Yeah. So it's great. Again, my hat's off to you. That's really fantastic. Thank you. Absolutely. And, and I can obviously relate to, you know, your parents being divorced. Um, yeah. Not so much your parents, you know, because my parents were always there for me, you know, up to, up to this day, they're still there for me. I mean, my dad's mm-hmm. no longer here, but you know, my mom's always, you know, we're always, you know, like you said, we, with your mom, you're like, like best friends, like her and I, you know, yeah, we, we talk all the time. It may not be every day, but like when we talk, it's like, you know, we never stop talking. Yeah. So, so it's great that you have a, you, you know, you're able to have that kind of connection with your mom, even though, you know, the rough times that had happened back then. Yeah. Um, and and I, it's coming from an adult now, you know, we're, we're how old are you? 26, 20? 26, yeah. 26. Yeah. So yeah, I'm 27 coming from an adult's standpoint and adult's point of view, you know, you realize that for me, my parents had me when they were young. Yeah. You know, same. If I, if my mom, <laughs> I think my mom had me when she was 21 or 22. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's like, you kind of like realize, okay, we hit, we're way past 22, 21. Yep. You know, I can only imagine the difficulties they had growing up, still being a kid. Cause I'm, I mean, I'm 27. I still feel like I'm a kid. Yeah. You know, I'm not married. Yep. I don't have kids. I don't have any, any kind of responsibility like that. Yeah. So I so... feel like I'm a kid. I can't imagine what being in their shoes and being like, okay, how am I supposed to manage a family? How am I supposed to build and, and maintain a family while I'm still a kid myself? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. My dad actually had my brother when he was 15. So wow. he was definitely still a child raising mm-hmm. a child. You oh, know? for sure. Absolutely. And then he met my mom mm-hmm. at 19 and then mm-hmm. they had kid. They had me at 20. Mm-hmm. So they were still both very young, still that's, raising that's, yeah. children when they were children. So mm-hmm. I can't imagine like my no. husband and I now, you know, I'm 26 and he just turned 30 and we're just now discussing having kids. So yeah, right. <laughs> we're, we're six to 10 years past the age of when my parents had kids. So yeah, it's, it's amazing. You, like, you think about it, how different times were too. Yeah. You know, this definitely. is back in like the nineties, maybe late eighties. Yep. And then, you know, we're now we're in, you know, into the twenties and, and we have freaking coronavirus we're talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we can't, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, it's a very different complicated situation. So, I mean, for your mom to, have gone away to her dad's house maybe that's just what she needed you know it it may whether regardless it had been a selfish act or not you know especially leaving you behind at such a young age you know maybe that's what she needed to do to 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 really regroup herself and it seems like that helped a lot because like you said you know you guys have a good connection now you guys are inseparable so it it kind of worked out in in a in a way i mean it's not obviously it was i'm sure it wasn't you know sunshine and rainbows yeah growing up as a kid yeah, and looking back now that I'm an adult and I understand mental health issues a little bit more than I did when I was 13, um, oh, I, sure. I understand that she needed to heal herself before mm-hmm. she could be a mother in a sense. You know, like right. she was a great mother, mm-hmm. hands down, my whole life. But I feel mm-hmm. like in that moment, she needed to focus on herself and she knew I'd be taken care of with my dad. There's no doubt about it. So. Right she felt that she needed to handle herself first and then come back to the Mm -hmm. situation. And and which is again, the most important thing. Yeah. And I'm glad she did that because I agree. Who knows how terrifying it would have been if I had to deal with um, her bipolar episodes where she was very angry and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I talked to her recently and she had said 
she had went to a therapy session and um, oh. my dad, my brother and I went to it as well. And she oh. was talking to the therapist and therapist asked her, I mean, asked us how we felt about her. Oh. And I don't remember it, but she said that my brother and I said that we were scared of her sometimes because she would just oh, get yeah. into these kind of rage episodes and um, mm. I don't remember that as much, but mm. Um, mm. I'm glad I don't. But yeah, it makes sense now why she would need to take that time to heal herself, to come back and be a mother mm. again. So right, right. it's just you did yeah. the right thing for, for everyone involved. And, so including and it yourself. made me stronger so you got, as a teenager. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you kind of grow up in more, you know, you live in a household where it's predominantly yeah. male. And, and, you know, you're the only female in there. So you're kind of just, you know, going through the growing stages of development and puberty and yep. all that stuff. And you're trying to figure out who you are as a, as a young yep. kid. You know, that must have been really hard for you. So, again, like, it, you know, I'm I'm really thankful that you're able to share the story with us because a lot of people need to hear yeah. something like that. You know, especially younger kids who are 13 or younger, you know, who are dealing with a similar situation yeah. and realizing that, you know, they can get through it. Like, we're, like trust me. Me and you, I know you, you know who I am. You know, we were, we're just normal mm-hmm. human beings. You know, we're not, we're not like Kanye West. We're not the president. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not yep. famous people. We're not thing, you know, especially we weren't born with spoons yep. in our mouth. So like the fact that like you and I are able to talk about things like this, that we can be a light for other yeah. people. Like uh, you know, a light for the normal average person who's said, oh, nothing's going to go for me. Nothing is going to go right for me. Man, it's a lie. Yep. Yeah, because we lived it. We're we're living and breathing humans that, that have experienced things, which is why again I wrote my book because, you know, I, I feel like it is important that when somebody who's just so normal, somebody no, a normal person like me, is able to tell my story and able to to tell people that like, okay, I'm just a normal person. So if any, anybody normal can do it, they don't need millions of dollars. They don't need the rich and fame. They don't need any yeah. of that just to overcome their depression. Yep. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of people are kind of just aimed for that. And that's not how yeah. it goes. And I, I finished so. your book today. I was, yeah, oh, I had started reading it last week and then I finished it up today. And I was mm-hmm. like, at the end of it, I was like, man, I, I can go do this. I can go do that. And I like felt like taking <laughs> on the world. And I was like, okay, let's take a seat real quick. Let's think about what we can yeah, realistically yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I'm really glad to hear that. That's, that's awesome. Great feedback. Yeah, um, so I, I really yeah, hope it's a, it's a, other people read it and get that same vibe from it because it's great. You heard it. You heard it there, folks. <laughs> you guys don't need any more words than that right there. <laughs> if you haven't bought my book, please go out there. It's two ninety nine on the on the Amazon ebook, the Kindle form. Twenty dollars paperback. I know a lot of you love the paperback version. Twenty dollars on that. Uh, I would really appreciate it. It definitely helps me out as much as it helps you guys out. Um, so is, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to share and maybe some stories or, or anything, maybe what your, what your favorite part of the book was so that way some people can understand it a little bit. Yeah, I think, uh, for your book, I think the, the best part was how open you are about your situation through the years, um, mm-hmm. starting from when you were a kid and then going through high school mm-hmm. and your first girlfriend and then kind of (laughs) yeah too many of those (laughs) (laughs) and then kind of going through college and then that moment when you realize that you need to do things for you and then breaking your codependency habit and 
I think mm-hmm. that's something that a lot of people don't realize that they have that they need to break. Right. And right, I agree. Thousand reading percent. that, I even thought of a few people in my own life that I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to send them <laughs> the link to this book because <laughs> yeah. they don't yeah. listen to me when I say it. But maybe if they hear that other right. people are have been through mm-hmm. it and say the same, mm-hmm. can also. Mm-hmm. Um, they can relate to it and be like, you know, maybe I should also kind of break that habit and not saying right. I haven't had codependency issues as well, but. <laughs> but yeah, no. And that's the thing too, is listen, we have all had codependency and we still all yep. suffer from it. You know, there's, there's things that, I mean, I'm, co- I wouldn't say I'm codependent anymore. I would honestly say I'm hundred percent wiped of codependency. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I, I'm maybe codependent on is my yeah. job. But that's because I need somewhere to go so I can make money. So I don't have to be, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? So it's, so it's, you know, it's that I'm a big advocate for that. And that was the one thing that I talk about in my book. I say, yeah, I didn't realize how I was a codependent person. I never even heard yeah. of the term up until I got into therapy and was like, and my therapist was like, you ever heard of the term codependency? And I was like, I mean, it makes sense. Like codependency, like obviously you put the dependency and co together and you're like, oh, you form it into two or into a word. But I never was able to really, like, really think about, like, what is she getting at? You know, what, what is she trying to yeah. tell me? And then she explained it to me, and I started reading this book, which I'm a huge – again, if you guys don't read my book, read this book. It's called Codependency No More by uh, Melody Batiste. She's It is a fantastic book, something that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with what I wrote, uh, not so much in, in the sense of, uh, like, the, like, the suicide and, and my, you know, my own personal story, but – in the sense that there's multiple stories in there where they talk about codependency, they talk about different stories, different people. Uh, if you guys go ahead, check that one out. I think it's like $12 on Amazon. It's a, it's a wonderful buy. I highly recommend it. But that, that again, right there, I'm a huge person when it comes to codependency and I could talk about it for hours. Like we, you and I can talk about this for another yeah. four or five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I could, I could do, you know, do this all night long. Yeah. But the fact is, is that I, I'm a huge advocate for that. And I do not want my people, that, especially the people that listen to it and the people that read my book, to know that, you know, it's okay to be codependent, but you have to get away from it. You have to work on not being codependent yeah. anymore. Because when we rely on other people, we're relying on other people to make us happy. And then when we're alone, because there's going to be times in life where you are actually alone, you're, you're not going to know what to do and that you're going to have a panic attack like mm-hmm. me. Like in my situation, when I did have my panic attack because I was alone, I was kind of cured of my codependency, but I also kind of like, you know, thinking to myself, like, okay, maybe I actually do need somebody. Yeah. But then once I was able to really put my best foot forward for myself, I didn't have to worry about this codependency anymore. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the one thing that makes people depressed is the fact that we're so reliant on other people that when we rely on other people, they can end up stomping on our hearts at any given time. Mm-hmm. And then and relying, that's what I don't want my people to do. Relying on other people for your happiness is never healthy because you have to be mm-hmm. happy with yourself before somebody else can truly mm-hmm. make you happy. So, Right. right. And I, I agree 100%. The thing with me was, you know, I was going through a lot of difficult times with my father passing mm-hmm. and trying to move and, and just trying to really just you know, everything in life kind of just hit me all at once. You know, my dad passed away then I finally got my, a full time job in a different state. You know, so it was just like, how do I manage the the deal? Like my dad had passed away maybe like two months before I got a full-time job. Wow. And I was like, you know, and I was like in a different state nonetheless, two hours away from home. Yeah. So I'm like, how am I supposed to manage this? Getting a full-time job, doing something I wanted to do even before he passed away. 
dealing with him passing away, dealing with my leaving my friends and family members behind to go fulfill my dreams and, and, and go do something else, you know, live somewhere else, live on my own, do the things I want to do all while my dad's passing away and still trying to manage a breakup that I was going through at the time while also talking to somebody who would eventually end up being my girlfriend at the time. You know, it's just trying to maintain all that into one. It was like, I put myself in the, in the worst position ever, which is why I was the epitome of codependency because I was codependent on the people I had friends out here with, again, with, you know, uh, the relationships that I was going through. It was just a big, big, like, I don't want to curse, but I don't really curse on my show, but it was a mind fuck. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was literally mindfucked in the sense that I didn't I had no idea where to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the having the the time and taking the absolute time to myself to even just write a book and, and you know, try and, and be somebody else's savior. Not 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 necessarily a savior, but kind of like somebody else's idol, somebody that they can look up to. Yeah. To realize that, you know, again, I'm a normal person, they're a normal person, they can do it if I can do it. Yeah. So. And kind of touching back on that us being just regular people um Mm -hmm. i also go see a therapist and Mm -hmm. i have for years so and is it it not the best thing you've ever done it definitely is and i feel like people undervalue how much therapists can help you even if you're not currently suffering from depression Mm -hmm. or suicidal thoughts or anything like that um Mm -hmm. even just going there just to vent about your frustrations for the day and then yeah. walking out the door and you feel so much better. Exactly. And that's what I say on, you know, you've, like you listen to my podcast. So you yeah. understand that I, this is something I say on, almost on a daily basis. You know, if you don't, ha- if you feel like you don't have anything going on, if you don't feel like you are uh, sad about anything, even if you, there's something that like frustrates you, like say like your cat doesn't shit in the litter box, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that pisses you off. Go see a therapist. Yep. I know it's, it sounds ridiculous, but it's like the one thing that you can't control because you can't control your cat's bowel movements. So it's either you get rid of the cat or you go get help and figure it out. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, and it's just, you know, it's, it's a funny way. It's, it's a funny term to use, but, you know, that, that's just kind of, that's just kind of, yeah, it's, it's like, like, that's how dumb it is. But it's so stupid to the point that, like, you can really get over that if you go see a therapist yeah. or if you go, because if, if that little thing right there is pissing you off, because your cat isn't shitting in the litter box the right way or at all. That, I mean, that means there's some underlying issues there that are yep. stressing you out too. Yep, exactly. And then a lot of people don't see that, which is why when they go to therapy, they're like, oh my God, I had all these problems I didn't realize I was having. Yep. It's much like I was. So, but yeah, so that's, I think I'm going to end it here. Okay. Pretty late and I, you know, I don't know if you have work or whatever, but. I really appreciate you coming on the show. It really means a lot to me. I'm, I'm glad you got to share your story with me and, and everybody else. Yeah. Um, and I hope I hope a lot of you that are listening out there, I hope you are wanting to get your story out there out there as well. Even if you don't know who I am, or if you don't, you know, if you don't have any way of contacting me, you can always contact me through my Instagram. I'm also available on Facebook, and I also am on TikTok as well. So. Robert Michael 47 is the TikTok. I'm a, I do uh, motivational posts on there. So, yeah, I kind of do like a mo- motivational this, motivational that. Um, really just try to help the people on there as well. So you can always message me whenever you want. Uh, you can get your chance to be on this fantastic show. <laughs> yeah. So, Kiana, thank, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on here. Yeah, thank uh, you. It really means a lot. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to go on your podcast one of these days. Yep, you will. <laughs> 
whenever you're ready. We'll plan I'm always the episode. ready for it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You just let me know and I'll be more than happy to right. be a guest on there. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on your show. Oh, thank you. I really absolutely. appreciate it. Yeah. Anytime we'll have to do this again. Yeah. On the show. And then, you know, we'll see. Maybe we can um, talk about more of like your spooky stories on our show here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So with that being said, as always, you guys take care. Stay mentally strong. Stay mentally healthy. Have a great night. I'll talk to you guys on Monday.